0: Again, smmarketingsociety.com.
1: Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelsner.
0: Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Social Media I'm your host, Michael Stelsner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I'm super excited about today's show. I'm going to be joined by Brian Fonzo, and we're going to explore live mobile broadcasting apps, Meerkat and Periscope, and what they mean for your business. You're going to really love this show. Also, if you want to contact me directly, you can email me at podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. It comes right into my inbox, podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. Let's transition over to today's brand new discovery.
1: Helping you stay alive in a social jungle, here's this week's survival tip.
0: I'm joined this week by Eric Fisher, who has a really cool new find. What did you discover, Eric? I
1: found Trip Mode. This is a cool tool to use on your Mac laptop that will give you freedom to, de- to decide what apps on that laptop are able to connect to using the data on a, on a mobile device.
0: Okay, so just to clarify, if you are out and about, like I've been in a hotel room and you don't have Wi-Fi and you decide to um, sync your iPhone to your laptop and use it as a mobile hotspot, it's really great because all of a sudden you can have really fast performance. But the downside is, (laughs) and I'm sure this has happened to the best of us, all of a sudden Dropbox kicks in or um, some sort of app decides to upload in the background and all of a sudden you just lost a half a gig. And depending on where you are uh, and how much data you've got left on on your plan, that can get really costly, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. So what this does is you install it and it's got a little icon up there in the menu bar, and it turns on right. You can have it, you can have it turn on when you connect to the mobile hotspot automatically, or you can just turn it on manually. It even gives you data usage per app, and lets you, you know, for example, you can check or uncheck Dropbox, Google Chrome, Mail, etc. So, you know, you 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 get really good granular control here.
0: Wow, I I happen to have. Um... I happen to also have a mobile router that works over Wi-Fi. It's kind of like a phone plugged into a router. And instead of connecting in a personal hotspot, it connects to a Wi-Fi connection. I wonder if this thing is smart enough to know that this particular Wi-Fi connection is mobile. My guess is it probably isn't. Um, Do you know if you can control all outbound? Um, Or is it only when it detects that it's mobile?
1: Uh, Yeah, actually, what you can do is you can turn it on. When you're in the in on any Wi-Fi, so it's not just mobile apps or mobile. Sorry, mo, not mobile apps. Mobile data. It's also Wi-Fi data.
0: Perfect. What's what's the name of it, and where do we get it, and is it free? It's,
1: it is Trip Mode, and you go to tripmode.ch. There is a buy now version for four ninety nine, which is on sale for now for like a launch promotion. There's also a free version, which has an unlimited trial for seven days. But past that point, it's got 15 minutes free per day, which might just get
0: you by. Awesome. Eric, thank you so much. You're welcome. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. With that, let's transition over to today's interview with Brian Fonzo.
1: Helping you simplify your social safari, here's this week's expert guide.
0: I'm very excited to be joined today by Brian Fonzo. If you don't know who Brian is, he's partner and chief digital strategist at BroadSuite, a company that helps businesses succeed with social and mobile marketing. Brian is one of the leading authorities on Meerkat and Periscope, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Brian, welcome to the show.
2: Oh, thanks so much for having me here. I'm excited to be here. It feels like uh, you know uh, another great day to talk about uh, new technology. So I'm excited.
0: Excellent. Well, what we're going to explore today is what is this live mobile broadcasting that everybody seems to be talking about? What's Meerkat? What's Periscope? And what does it mean for business? So, Brian, let's step back for a second. Share how you got started with uh, Meerkat and Periscope. Kind of tell us a little bit about that backstory.
2: Sure. So, you know, from my backstory, and and I like to say it's usually uh, pretty unique, and I actually – um when I'm speaking at events, I introduce myself as a, a change evangelist. and and really, what that means is uh, I went to school for computer science. I have a technology background, um, and I kind of fell in love not only with um, social media from an aspect of of embracing it to learn and engage, but really building communities and uh, connecting communities not only in social business but on really how people can leverage technology so they're more productive as well as you know how they can tell their story in unique ways. So I've always, um, not only uh, embraced new technology but a lot of people uh, like to say I'm the one that gets to uh, deal with FOMO or feel a fear of missing out and I kind of jump on every new app test it out and either fail fast and uninstall it or I, I try to you know, use it and see how I can leverage it not only for myself but for businesses and, and Meerkat was uh, very much the same way. I, I got a message from someone actually who worked at Twitter um, while I was in Barcelona, Spain um, at an event that I was speaking at uh, called Mobile World Congress um, and I was in Barcelona and they simply sent me a message and said, uh, Ashton Kutcher and Gary Vaynerchuk are on this new video app. And, and Brian, you have a video blog and a podcast. This seems right up your alley. You should download it. And about 35 seconds later, I had downloaded it and I, uh, I clicked the start button. And, and I think I guess it's a history from then. And that was you know, uh, you know early March timeframe of, of 2015, which uh, now seems like light years away since the, uh, the buzz has only continued to grow. And
0: what was that app?
2: And that was Meerkat. So Meerkat dropped. um, It actually, I believe it came out February 26th. Um, So I was on it uh, March 2nd uh, in Barcelona.
0: Okay. So just to make this clear, a couple days after Meerkat launches, you decide to download it while you're at a conference. Tell everybody what you did with it once you downloaded it.
2: So I, of course, downloaded it. I looked at it, the idea, and I, you know, I, I being someone that video blogs and I'd actually done a, um, you know, using the YouTube capture app on my phone earlier that day, I had in, uh, interviewed two influencers um, there at the event. So I was very familiar with that technology. So I actually put it inside my, um, in my, my tripod that I had with me and I hit the stream button. I put in the, the hashtag for the event that I was sitting at the expo hall at and all of a sudden, I was live. So I kind of treated it much like I did um, my regular YouTube video, and I kind of walked around doing a little narrative on what I was experience. Um, you know, for. For me as an influencer and someone that does a lot of events, I really try hard to convey the experience that I'm um, very lucky to have offline with my online audience. So that's what I usually do with my videos. And the first thing that caught my eye is I was walking probably only about three minutes onto uh, my first Meerkat stream and the Wi-Fi was a little bad. So I could, I could tell there was a little glitchy, but someone commented on there and they said, hey, Brian, I see the Samsung booth. Can you turn to the right? And I think that's when the light bulb went off on me and I said, wow, now, not only am I able to bring this experience to them, but they're actually able to be a part of it. And so then I went to the the, the Samsung booth and I turned and someone saw Microsoft behind me and they said, hey, show me that Microsoft um, display. And of course, I walked over there and, and then the Wi-Fi dropped and the, the stream ended. But I think that was the one I remember walking back towards the uh, towards the booth and um, Brian Kramer and uh, Susie McCarthy and uh, Courtney Kramer were standing there and we were, we were all meeting up and I said, I just tried this new app and it allowed me to have the audience in the United States dictate what they wanted to see on my videos. I was like, my mind is blown. And that was really that first, uh, my first experience on, um, it felt so much more than my video blog. It actually felt interactive as well as um, giving them not only a say, but really having a true conversation.
0: Fast forward to South by Southwest. What happened there with Meerkat?
2: So yeah, so I think uh, leading up to South by Southwest over that one week, uh, I'd say in between there, I started to realize not only was there a buzz, but there was people jumping on it, but I could tell South by Southwest was something that um, I wanted to leverage. And I already had, um, I had eight days planned to be there. I was speaking on four panels and I was a part of a, an IBM startup event. So I knew that I had some really cool events that I would be a part of, as well as, um, you know, it being my first time at South by Southwest as a actual panelist and a speaker I've always attended before previously as just a participant. And, um, so I actually put some strategy around it. I actually contacted a couple brands that were holding different events and letting them know, Hey, could you give me some backstory so that I can be prepared, um, to not only attend your event, but to try to use this app for it. And so I, I landed at South by Southwest and the very first morning I think is when, um, it really mattered. I was in the Uber on my way from the hotel to the, my first event. And I got out of the Uber and I put it in my selfie stick. Put my headphones in, I turned it on, and I simply put in there uh, the preview of day one at South by Southwest. And in a matter of minutes, I had 300 or 400 people interacting and watching this live as I walked the streets of Austin on the way to my first um, keynote that I I was planning on attending. And I was just sharing what I was excited about, what the feeling was. And the amount of camaraderie and really people that were thanking me, which I thought was an interesting um, element, they were thanking, saying, Brian, you're bringing this experience that I wish I was at, and you're allowing us not only to bring you along, but we're being part of it. And um, from then on, I did, I did a, a meerkat of all the sessions I went to. And then each morning and each evening, I did a recap and a kind of a, a preview of the day. And I averaged close to you know, between 300 and 800 people watching each one of those, um, no matter what I was talking about um, at South by Southwest. Because they really, they had a say in, in the conversation. Because it wasn't me just um, spitting at the video. It was really reading the comments, engaging, answering their questions. And um, I found not only was it uh, very informative for the digital audience, But when I would mention to people that I was in an event or if I was speaking, I would say, hey, I'm going to meerkat this. There was like a bit of excitement to that because they felt like they were connecting with people that were outside that room. And I can't I I won't forget that experience. I think that's something from this technology that really resonates with me is it does make people feel like they're, they're now able to tell their story at a much more real-time global audience that maybe traditional um, social media, even if you were live tweeting, um, kind of felt a little bit disconnected. This does feel truly like a, a live conversation between your digital audience and your offline audience.
0: So a couple weeks later, Social Media Marketing World and of course, Twitter uh, immediately comes out, I think on the first day of Social Media Marketing World, wasn't it? Or was it the night before? It ca- was
2: actually the first day. I we, I was on the um, I was on the ship with uh, Guy Kawasaki doing a meerkat. And then around 2 a.m. after that, uh, after we were off the uh, the first night festivities, uh, around 2 a.m. that morning, uh, Periscope was released into the Apple store. So going into the very first, your first opening keynote was actually uh, the very first time I ever even fired Periscope up to do um, anything other than test it, was the day one of uh, Social Media Marketing World.
0: So the, the reason why I'm telling everyone this story is because still in the grand scheme of things, this is relatively new technology and most of the world. And most of the people listening to this show have probably not experimented with it yet because we know not everyone is like Brian who's out there experimenting with things the moment they come out. So um, Brian, step back at at the most basic level and explain how these apps work without going into an enormous amount of detail because we're going to kind of unravel this a little bit later. But for someone who's never tried Meerkat or Periscope, just kind of describe the user experience.
2: Sure. So, you know, live streaming isn't anything new. And if we think of live streaming, it's really just turning on a video and opening the portal to anybody that wants to use it. And I I say by portal, I mean, there's a website address. And if you want to watch something, you know, a live streaming of the pandas at the zoo, you could tune into that. And so live streaming, the concept wasn't new, but the fact that we're able to actually download an app, sign in with your Twitter account or sign in with your phone number, and then click one button. And that button, when you click stream, it posts that link to your Twitter community and from that moment anybody that's in your Twitter community can click on that link and watch whatever you're showing on your phone and that's the big piece it's your mobile aspect this isn't something that's attached to a web camera and also it does do it over LTE and data on your regular cell phone now it does use a lot of data and the connectivity does matter. But this, the real aspect here is it's as simple as clicking, you know, typing in a hashtag or even typing in something as simple as a, a basic tweet, clicking one button. And now the world can use your camera to hear your story or view the things that you're viewing all through one button, and it's called Stream, and it is um, it's a it's a powerful thing that I, I think that even when I first downloaded it, I didn't really see it as a, a ground breaking technology. But it took something that we were always tied to our desk or tied to expensive technology, and put it in the hands of every person that has a smartphone, and that's a lot of people that can stream.
0: Yeah, I mean, and if you think about it, uh, it is live. It is slightly delayed. It's near near real time. And now, all of a sudden, anybody with a smartphone is essentially a broadcaster. You know, in the past, you had to bring special equipment and satellite trucks, right? I mean, if you think about how the news works, right? And um, I I remember talking to the local Channel 10 affiliate, um, uh, the main gal who does the news here in San Diego, and how, you know, her mind was getting blown by it. I think it's really cool. And what's even more interesting about it, as you mentioned, you do not have to be a user of the app in order to be able to see the stream, right? So anybody can technically watch the live video stream from the link. But my understanding is it does look a little better, the user experience, if you're using the app. Is that still the case or is that not necessarily the case?
2: Actually, they've improved that from the the browser experience is actually drastically improved. But I do think the ability to actually watch it on your phone is something that's still really powerful because... You know, for all of the web technology we had, for all of the live streaming, or even, you know, we've really talked a lot about how the TV has now um, gone to so many different offline channels and social TV and people watch things on their iPad. But watching something on your phone still isn't something we were really um, used to doing. So now you're able to watch, but you're also able to comment. And if you don't have your phone in front of you or you're sitting at your office, you can watch this experience on uh, web as well. So I think it's truly that, that essence of mobile first but it also bridges into the browser um, aspect as well, and they've really improved um, the the user experience in the browser um, over the last couple of months.
0: Awesome. Well, let's let's dig into different kinds of business applications here, because I'm I'm sure a lot of the marketers listening right now are imagining all the the silly things that people do with this kind of stuff. Like here I am eating a meal. Here I am driving from San Diego to Los Angeles. You know those kind of silly things that people tend to do when they got nothing better to do. But there are really, truly amazing businesses that are doing really innovative things with these, um, these broadcasting apps. So why don't you, let's just start talking about a few of them.
2: Sure. So I think you know, for me, one of the things that I really um kind of grasp onto this was you know much like podcasting and much like you know social media as a whole is the people that really get it and are really embracing it from a brand's perspective or even a personal brand is they use it from a storytelling idea. So really, it's like how can I convey my story? How can I share my passion? What what can I, what content can I create and leverage using this this new technology? And that's really how I look at this technology is it gives you an open door, or I would say a an element of trust that you can almost empower to show everything you can imagine. And so I'll I'll go through some some use cases, but one of them for, you know, my overall philosophy when I look at brands and I look at uh, leaders that are asking me to help them is I call it, I say, think like a fan. And what I mean by think like a fan means is everyone has a fan, no matter what business you're in, B2B, B2C. If you're even your personal brand or maybe even your specialty, there's fans of you of what you're doing, and they would love to be able to have access into what your day-to-day life is. It's a little bit of that um, real world or uh, reality TV and uh, that voyeurism where we say, you know, I'm curious. If that keynote speaker who speaks at, you know, for um, sells out Madison Square Garden, I wonder what he does in his dressing room or I wonder what his pre-show rituals are. And this app does give you that ability to show those things that, like never before. And I, and I say think like a fan. And, and usually when I'm explaining that to a brand, they really – the light bulb goes off because, you know, we're saying things like a lot when we're doing marketing. You know, we have a great culture and we care about our customers. And a lot of the stuff that we're doing with that is you know, through a blog or it's on our website. But if, you're, if you were able to click one button and actually prove that, how powerful would that be? You're no longer telling somebody that you have a great company culture. You're now clicking a button on your phone and letting them see that. And one of my favorite examples is Hootsuite. And Hootsuite, did a, um, you know, Hootsuite the social media marketing uh, company, did a great campaign. They called Follow the Sun. And uh, one of their VPs of their talent organization said, you know, hey, I see this Periscope technology. Let's go ahead and embrace that from a standpoint of we're going to do what we call follow the sun. And they're going to let employees showcase what is the hashtag they use, which is Hootsuite Life. And what they did, which was pretty powerful, was anybody in their company, they gave access to different people at every uh, company office around the globe. And throughout that day, as it followed the sun, people at different offices got to turn on and use the Hootsuite account and then walk around the office and show what that culture was, to show what their, what their people were doing, what, their, what the true atmosphere of their office was, interview their friends, show, show what their, you know, um, I would say what their coffee maker was. One of my favorite ones was they had like kind of a wall of fame and they walked us down the wall of fame there um, at their office. But for me, one of the things that I remember watching this and going... Wow, they talk a lot about the importance of culture. They're now proving it, and I think that's you know one of the great examples of you know truly they used it. They I, I talked to Hootsuite afterwards, and the, you know the number of uh, you know number of inbound. Uh, applications drastically went up for them just after they did that, because so many people now got a window into that true Hootsuite life hashtag that you saw all the Hootsuite ambassadors and Hootsuite people using. And now it was much more than a hashtag. It was something you could visualize, you could almost hear. And, you know, I think that's a powerful use case for doing this. Yeah. Um, And
0: Brian, I want to stop you for a second because it's sparking some ideas in my brain. I'm thinking about behind the scenes tours, right? So imagine if um, some if Disney or SeaWorld or one of these major amusement parks was able to, um, at a certain time each week, for example, to do a little behind-the-scenes tour about how they um, do animation or how they train this the uh, the seals or whatever. You know what I mean? I think that kind of stuff, people would go crazy over. I mean, like so many people would pay a lot of money for that kind of stuff. And if they were to to do these even like, you know, come into our kitchen, we'll show you how we make muffins, you know, if if you're a bakery or whatever. I mean, that kind of stuff, um, knowing that it's live and knowing that it's unedited and knowing that it's just pure raw and and and, and real. I think it would go crazy. I don't know. What do you
2: think? No, I, I completely agree. And, you know, and something to not forget, we really, you know, the the people that are watching this are able to comment on the screen. So the person that's actually streaming not only is showing what they want to show, but they're actually interacting, answering questions and actually allowing the audience to dictate it. So, you know, when Hootsuite was doing that and they're walking around their company culture, they walked by the, um, there was a coffee maker and someone commented on there and said, hey, does everybody in the company get free coffee? And so, of course, he walks around and shows like the big sign where it talks about they have an environment environmental um philosophy on on what cups they use and it's free coffee unless um unless you're not using a coffee mug if you're using one of the the cups you have to pay for it because they want you to use a coffee mug and you know like little things like that which I don't know if they would have shown that originally if they had a you know a pre-produced element, but the fact that the user community dictated that is important. And you know one of the other use cases I, I was talking to uh, I'm someone that was looking at a house and and looking at a house remotely. I'm I'm living in Arizona and moving to Virginia, and I actually talked to my realtor and said I think this is a technology that if you had an open house on a Saturday and you told all the people that were quote unquote, interested that before they came out to the open house, they could tune in Friday evening and you would walk them through the house on a live stream and let them kind of have input. Not only would it drum up excitement, but you're going to let them have a peek into it. And I can almost guarantee the people when they come to that open house are are better armed. They now have a better understanding. And you probably have a better audience that's more uh, willing to make a decision and less there to kind of get that first glimpse because they already got this on this live stream. There
0: are realtors all over the country right now that are freaking out pausing this. And and, <laughs> and they're going to say, "Holy cow, that's awesome!" I mean, and you know what? Anybody that's in that kind of business where they're about to premiere something, right? Um, yes. And get special people excited, or offer you know a special behind the scenes. I mean, that is another kind of behind the scenes thing. Because there's you know what's great about this is is a lot of people have all the best intentions of the world of physically showing up to something, but if they can't be there at least they can kind of be there remotely. And I think that's really a great way to almost extend the size of the the party, if you will.
2: Yeah, and and it also kind of almost makes people feel a part of it. You know, one of my my favorite other use cases was I was talking to a brand that was releasing a new app, and their brand, I would say, is not uh, a sexy brand, but it's a new app that they were releasing for a mobile app. And I was saying, you know, why don't the last hour before you hit the release button to go live, why don't you turn on the live stream and interview people on what they're feeling and how their butterflies are and almost create allow them to be a part of that nervous energy and they'll also be a part of that excitement and they'll help amplify the message afterwards and to them they're like wow I would have never thought to show you know the the command and control center for a, an app getting released into the Apple store but if that's something that's really powerful and even you know a boutique store that you have a brand new product that you're going to finally show off on a Saturday afternoon if the hour before the store opened you gave people access to see you setting up the new booth and you being frustrating that the you know the, the labeling on the on the on the sign isn't correct, but you're going to go with it. Not only does it humanize you, but it, it does really make you feel a part of it and also kind of, you know, f- truly kind of be invested. And I can almost guarantee it, it kind of makes people root for that product to be successful because they were able to kind of live through those, I would say, intermediate times uh, alongside of people. So I think there's, you know, those kind of use cases are only going to grow immensely um, as people kind of embrace this, this raw storytelling capability.
0: Well, and you know, uh, the way that I first participated in my first, um, Meerkat was my friend Dave Kirpin from Likeable Local was doing a lunch with Dave. And I guess he does this every week where um, he sits down and he figures out a way to bring people on to his show and just have like lunch with him and answer questions. And I would imagine if you're a consultant or a personal brand, um, you could use this to do kind of like Q&A with me, if you will, right? And probably start to garner some really interesting um, connections and prospects, even if not a lot of people show up. Have you seen people do that?
2: I have. And I think part of it is really, it's that aspect of... You know, we talk a lot about, and this is something I talk about as I work with companies and individuals with personal brand building, is there's nobody better in the world to tell your own story, to share your own passion, and to really, you know, provide your own value proposition. But not everybody's comfortable uh, getting on, you know, I would say getting on and blogging or getting on and sending a tweet or humble bragging about a um, something you, do, you did on Facebook or one of those things. But if you were able to actually give people insights into what you go through to make that happen, and I talk about it a lot, I say... If you're able to explain to someone the how and the why you're doing what the what is, it it, it almost makes it a powerful conversation. And I've seen people do things from, you know, uh, I actually at Social Media Marketing World, I had Jay Bear behind um, backstage and I I was interviewing Jay before he was going to do his first keynote ever on Hug Your Haters. And I was asking Jay, how are you feeling? You know, I know the book's coming out. This is the first time you're presenting this. And it was a real raw look into what Jay's feelings were before he goes on stage and I think that aspect into Jay's life, because, you know, he is a big keynote speaker and he's a big name, written great books. And um, I think that not only humanizes you, but people, you know, are almost compelled to even root for you more. And I think no matter if you're a Jay Bear or you're a Brian Fanzo from that standpoint, I think you have the ability to really find unique ways to tell your story, even as simple as I, I, will, I will say one last example. And, uh, you know, a tattoo artist that I, I'm friends with, you know, he talked, he was telling me, I, I kind of got him to embrace Instagram. And he told me how much he loves Instagram. And I even told, uh, you know, our friend Subi Zimmerman, how I got this tattoo artist who really never liked social media to embrace Instagram to show off his designs. And I told him, I said, well, how about you know, you're getting all this great feedback on your designs that are hanging all in your wall. What if you were able to turn on a live stream and explain your inspiration for these designs? Explain the thought process. Explain maybe, because every designer is a, is a perfectionist and they're not happy with the end result 100%, explain to me what you would have done different. And he just looked at me and said, wow, I, I think lots of people have asked me that. I never had a vehicle to do so. And I said, it's as simple as downloading an app and clicking one button. And I really truly feel that's kind of a great example of, of my view of saying, hey, you might not be on Twitter. You've just found value on Instagram and now you found another avenue to tell your story.
0: What I like about all this is that you not have to be super professional. As a matter of fact, by the nature of the app, it's not going to be professional. I mean, it's filmed. It's not even filmed in landscape mode. It's filmed in portrait mode, right? So it's not, you know, I mean, I guess you can go the other way, but most people hold their camera up and down. So by the very nature of the way this works, it's, it's a great example for people to get started with video marketing and it could open a bunch of doors. Now, I want to explore a little bit of the capabilities of these apps. Um, I'm sure a lot of people listening right now are wondering whether or not these live streams can be recorded. Can you talk a little bit about uh, how maybe let's just say you finished an incredible live stream and you're like, man, I want to reuse that. What are our options?
2: That's a great question. And to me, there's nothing more valuable than my time. So we all get the same 24 hours. And if you're going to spend your time doing something, you want to make sure that it's not only valuable for live stream, but it's also valuable um, beyond that. And, um, you know, my friend Robert Scoble and I were having this discussion just the other day and, and really the, the options available for you today is you can actually save it to your camera roll. So both apps allow you to save the video to your camera roll. And like you said, it is in portrait mode. And a lot of people have asked me about that. And for me, the portrait mode is actually, um, almost on purpose because if you think about it when it's in portrait mode it's, it's a one hand element and it's almost allows you to engage and show things as if you're looking at it. And so the comments come up and you're able to engage. If it was in landscape and you were doing, uh, you know, with two hands, it almost kind of eliminates that, I would say, conversational element. It almost takes the selfie away from it, if you would, uh, if you could visualize it that way. Well, you could so also
0: crop it if you had to. If you had video editing, you could make a square video out of the thing, right? I mean, you could just crop the bottom part off where all those comments are, right?
2: You can. And the nice part is, um, and I'd say this is a good and bad, and I hope maybe that'll change in the near future, is right now the comments are not part of the saved video. So it does save the raw video that you record. And you know something like Facebook, I know I love Facebook native video uploading it. When you upload the portrait version of these apps to Facebook native, Facebook actually adjusts it for you and only makes the, the, pre- the player view as wide as the video. And I think that's actually... Powerful because YouTube still shows the cropped out, you know, I'd say rectangle, where Facebook actually just shows the portrait view in the display for the user, so it almost has a better user feel there. The other option is. Whoa, wait, 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 wait,
0: just so I understand. So what you're saying is it plays it in that, um, it plays it plays the entire thing, or or it crops part of it out on Facebook.
2: So it actually only shows the, the portrait aspect of it. So it doesn't even show the black uh, sides of the video. It, it's, it's Oh yeah, it's, because
0: the Facebook newsfeed is really designed to be portrait, right? I mean, correct. so it's, so you see the whole darn thing is what I hear you saying, right?
2: Correct. So, you know, unlike we, if you would use um, editing software to actually edit to make it more of a square, you might lose some of the the uh, top and bottom of the actual feed itself. This one just kind of cuts off the sides and, and does kind of play it as if it's in your newsfeed uh, portrait, which I think is, is pretty powerful. Cool, and then you know, in both apps, they kind of give you the option, um, unique options to to let your users replay that. So in Periscope, in the app, anybody who is uh, is following you on that app is able to watch your video for 24 hours after you did the live stream, and then once the li- once that 24 hours is gone, the video is gone. Uh, of course, unless you saved it to your camera roll. The other app, Meerkat, and just to kind of put this in, um, kind of it's you know, Meerkat is a startup that got venture backing. Um, Gary Vaynerchuk is one of the investors um, in Meerkat. And then Periscope was actually, before they ever went to market, was actually purchased by Twitter. So those are the two dynamics we're dealing with here. And so Periscope allows you to watch the replay in the app. Meerkat actually, because they have an open API, they're your traditional startup, they actually allow you some other options that are available so that you could actually have a third party record that stream for you and have it represented in a YouTube option. So there are definitely some options. I think those are only going to grow over yeah, time. What's the can you name thing.
0: the can you name a provider that does that cuz I think I've heard you talk about that prior so, to this? Sure,
2: it's it's Catch K A T C H Cats, K A T S. So Catch Cats um, from scene.co is the name of the company that owns that um, platform. So catch cats actually allows you for all of my streams. I actually have it set up that they automatically record every one of my streams and upload it to my YouTube channel for me. So it's a, it's, it's definitely convenient and I'm able to, uh, it's uploaded into an unlisted, uh, standpoint so that I'm able to do a little bit of editing or add my own, um, description and then push it, uh, live to my YouTube channel audience.
0: Okay. Quick question about, about both of these. Um, Obviously, you got to have some space on your phone if you're going to be saving these things. Does it save it in the high def or is it like, you know, kind of scaled down version of it? I'm curious uh, when you save it to your phone from these apps.
2: So I would say everything that these apps are doing is they really are focused on that live experience. So the data you use is full data because they don't even uh, decrypt or um, compile the data to give you a better aspect. And when you save it, it's in full HD. So it takes up a lot of space. I actually um, I actually bought a bigger iPad Mini because it does have an iPad Mini app as well. Um, I bought a, one with a bigger hard drive space specifically so I could save this hour, an hour and a half different um, uh, events that I'm doing on video. So it does require a a pretty good amount of space. But if, if you have one of the, you know, the newer iPhones uh, today, uh, you can probably save two or three videos before you have to offload them, um, and not able to save them, you know, moving forward.
0: And do these uh, third-party apps also capture it in high def?
2: They do capture in high def as well.
0: Awesome. Um, all right. So uh, we've been talking about Meerkat and Periscope. I don't want to go into too much depth because we both know that the second we say something is different, it's going to change. <laughs> but um, kind of give me your high level of the um, strengths of each, if you will.
2: Sure. So I think, uh, I think when we're looking at both of these apps, um, I still believe, and no matter when you're listening to this, I probably will still um, stand to the fact that I don't think it's one or the other. I think Um, competition uh, only breeds faster innovation. I'm I'm saying that as a a true technology evangelist and someone that I love technology. So I think the fact that both of these apps, and maybe there'll be a third uh, app that will even come into the market, I think all that does is it makes them innovate faster. It gives more people the option to choose. So I think both of them have their strengths and weaknesses. I think Meerkat has really built themselves on the startup community aspect where they're going to add new features in there that are probably not fully baked out and they might have some glitches but you know, they were the first ones to have an Android app. They're the first ones to attempt to do some of the things where they're, you're able to uh, automatically post to a Facebook page. Now, it might have a little glitches and it might be um, you know not as um, well thought out from a, a delivery standpoint, but they are truly embracing what I like to call failing fast and allowing their community to truly have input in how these features are built. And that's a good thing and a bad thing for some. Um, I think the other aspect here is, you know, there's the scheduling ability in Meerkat and it has a call to action. So if you you can actually schedule a a live stream. Yes, you heard that correct. Uh, when I hear when people tell me they're scheduling a live stream, isn't it not no longer live?
0: It's kind of like doing <laughs> a go to webinar, right?
2: It is. So, the limitation is you only can schedule it 24 hours out, which I think is a great limitation because let's be honest, none of us really are able to adjust our live calendars unless it's in the same day to begin with, uh, with so much going on. So, you can actually schedule something. So, you know, you're know you sitting at two in the afternoon and you know tomorrow at lunchtime that you're going to do a live stream while you're doing a you know a lunch and learn with your, uh, your coworkers. You can actually schedule that in the app and it gives you a permanent link for that schedule that people can subscribe to and then get a notification. That works great because you can actually put that link into an email newsletter or post it on the LinkedIn or really give it to your employees or your friends to amplify and kind of drive buzz to that app. So that's one of the things I think is a, is a great feature on Meerkat. And it's one that Periscope doesn't have today. Periscope, the only option for going live with a link is actually when you hit the live button, it automatically will post it to Twitter um, for you.
0: Hey, quick and, question. Um, sure. Is there any limit to the number of people that can be live that so you're aware there is of?
2: No, no, there is not limit. There's. I've actually asked that to both apps. Both apps don't have a limit on um, total live uh, viewers today. Um, there is a limit on Periscope to how many people can actually be watching and commenting. But there is no uh, total live limit, at least that they have hit or they're willing to admit.
0: Gotcha. All right. So, um, you were mentioning some of the strengths to Meerkat. Is there any particular unique advantages to Periscope other than the fact that obviously it's owned by Twitter, which has got which means it's got massive revenue behind it, or as far as, you know, funding, I guess you could say.
2: Yes, and I think that's a you know that's a big understanding because I think because this technology is so new, the possibilities are also you know I would say all over the map. But there's also there's an element here where you know how would you monetize? Where where are you going to go with things like being able to you know add a lower third like your Google Hangout, or are you going to be able to um, you know one of the things that Periscope has that's very nice is it actually gives you the option to do a private broadcast to where you actually select your followers in the app and only those followers are notified and only those follower accounts can actually view that uh, that actual stream. So it's a little bit of that cyber dust or Snapchat element where it gives you the, a little bit of exclusivity and it doesn't have to always be broadcasted to Twitter. Um, and, you know, another thing with Periscope that I think Periscope's done really well is Periscope is really focusing on that true, the, not only the streamer's experience, but the user's experience. So it has a very clean UI. The screen, it uses the, every aspect of the screen for the video. Um, it, it allows you to, they have, they have hearts. And what the hearts are is if you're watching the video, you can just tap on the screen as a watcher and let, and it'll the streamer will actually see the hearts kind of float up from the bottom, and that's letting the streamer know, hey, what you're talking about is something that your audience likes. And so it's kind of that nonverbal uh, feedback that we all crave when we're doing podcast and video, and now you're actually able to have that with hearts. So I think, and you know, the other thing with Periscope is the Periscope user base is is has grown immensely and at a rate that I think um, is even bigger or, or, than they expected. So growing your audience and kind of watching other streams on Periscope, uh, the options are almost unlimited. When I click on the global button, which really allows you to look at everybody who's currently live streaming, no matter what hour of the day it is, you have the option to find someone that is probably something of your interest doing a live stream on Periscope.
0: Interesting. I'm sure some people are thinking, all right, well, which one of these should I start with? Um, Because obviously if there's more people using Periscope, then I might have a better chance of of, um, getting more people to watch my stream if I'm using Periscope. Um, Do you have any thoughts on where someone might want to begin?
2: Sure, I love that question. So for me, I've been, you know, I I like both of the apps, and I don't think you can make a wrong decision. But if you're looking to be the streamer, you're looking to be the one behind the camera, to be the one on live video, I think Periscope is probably a great way to place to start because it does have that bigger community. It does kind of uh, allow you to uh, the flexibility of not only growing your community but really getting your your feed found by the masses. I feel if you want to really test this technology out and see how other people are using it and jump on there and comment and ask the person questions and kind of be a a real strong part of the community as someone that wants to really, hey, before I go behind that video, I want to be one of those people that watches, you know, a hundred different streams that I want to see a hundred different ways. I think Meerkat is the great one for that because those that are on Meerkat have been on there a little bit longer, but I, th- I feel the streamers on there, because the comments stick around, which is something that is another feature, uh, I feel the people there really do answer the questions and kind of uh, focus a lot on the community and the listener more so than just what they are broadcasting. So I would say you know, that's kind of my, my go-to. If you're looking to get behind the camera immediately, I say Periscope. If you're looking to test this out and see how other people are doing it and kind of be a part of that uh, watcher commenting community, I say check out Meerkat.
0: All right. So somebody downloads one of these apps because they're listening to you and they're convinced they want to give it a shot. Can you give a couple tips on um, m- maybe you know uh, how to increase the likelihood that you're going to have a good experience uh, in your first couple broadcasts as sure. a as a broadcaster?
2: So as a broadcaster, one of the things you have to remember is that your your greatest uh, opportunity to draw in viewers is the tweet that is sent out whenever you hit this app. So unlike a lot of other streaming apps that existed, you had to actually um, drive traffic to your, you know, organically drive or send it out in, in a newsletter and tell people, hey, go to this website. This is where I'm going to go. What this does is it actually sends out a tweet as soon as you go live. So just like every great tweet, you should include hashtags. You get, you should include a title that is is, is capturing. But you should also kind of try to define what you're going to tell, to share about what your topic is going to be about. So I think the title is extremely important. Um, I would say even more so than that is, you know, I think a lot of people get nervous when we're talking about video and. They they say you know they, they kind of put a lot of roadblocks in place, and they want to plan out a storyboard. and they And I really feel that I, I'd say a a half baked live stream today is better than a perfect live stream tomorrow. And what I mean by that is, if you keep waiting for tomorrow, you keep trying to make something like this perfect. It's never going to work. It's not something that you have to do. So you almost have to embrace it and kind of say, "Okay, I'm going to try this out. I'm going to try it. I hope my sound is okay." Because because this is such a raw medium, people are okay with. All of a sudden saying, hey, I can't hear you. Can you put headphones on? And they'll wait for you to put headphones on. And they won't even care that you didn't put headphones on to begin with. Where I think on the traditional video, if you watched a video that was on YouTube, you would want that to be they only show you the clip that has the headphones on because they knew those kind of things. So that's one of the ones for me. And I think the other pa- aspect there is, you know, be yourself. Um, you know, so many people on social media forget that the reason people follow you isn't because they want you to share what they think you want, is because they follow you, the person. They care about you. And I think if you you just be yourself. You say sorry if you're if it's not something that's good. You say, hey, I'm gonna have to go now. I have to go eat dinner with my my wife and kids. I had a stream going and I had I had a couple hundred people in there with a lineup of questions. And I said, you know, hey, I jumped on here. Unfortunately, I'm gonna go have dinner with my daughters now. But I'll jump on back back on later. And not only was that well received, but people are like, oh, my goodness, you know, have a great dinner. And it's it's a very, um, I would say, humanizing medium. So I'd say don't worry about perfect. I worry about being yourself. And also, it's just like a tweet. So kind of craft your title and what you're going to say as if it would be your perfect tweet.
0: Now, is it possible with both of these apps to switch back and forth between front and rear facing cameras?
2: It is, and it's very easy to do so. On Periscope, you simply tap the screen as the streamer, and it switches cameras. And on Meerkat, on the bottom right-hand side, there's a little button that actually shows you that it'll switch from the, the front-facing or the selfie camera, I like to say, and the back, back-facing camera, which is great for at events or at different things where you want to show. You know, I've had people go to the zoo, and they're showing the zoo, and then they flip it to the front camera, and they give their thoughts and, and you know show who else is with them. So you don't even have to bounce out of the app or start a new stream to do that.
0: And I would imagine people have to be cognizant of the fact that if they're going to be holding their arm out for a while, it's going to get kind of hard, right? So I would imagine a selfie stick or something like that would come in really handy, right?
2: Yes, or if, if, you, if you're if like me, I feel like I need to work out my meerkat muscles. <laughs> so uh, I do believe a, a um, selfie stick is important. I've actually now um, purchased and kind of hacked together uh, three different tripods that are, are different sizes and have different capabilities as well because I do a little bit of training with it. So if you want to show your um, your computer screen while you're explaining something, I was going over how to use TweetDeck on one of them, and I wanted to show my computer screen so they could actually see the TweetDeck app. What I was able to do is I, I have a, a tripod that allows me to actually actually bend forward and backwards without any effort without me having to take it out of the tripod so i can actually point it towards the camera flip to the back uh back camera and then talk over it as if i would any training video that i do normally so i think you know kind of looking at those kind of things um, are interesting, and I also I even invested in a what I call a sticky iPad uh, iPhone cover, and I'm able to actually stick my iPhone on the front of my iPad Mini, and therefore I actually have my iPad Mini running Periscope and my iPhone running Meerkat. So I even have the option to run both of them at the same time, which um, I don't recommend to everybody, but it's kind of how I'm truly putting them through their their paces. But it, there's definitely exciting options, and a selfie stick's a good place to start.
0: Okay, um, a couple quick things about equipment. Um, I know you have a special lens on your phone because I've seen you with it uh, if you remember what it is I'd like to hear what that is and also if one of those tripods is something you remember who makes it um, that'd be useful as well and then the last question is on the audio side of things um, do you recommend people plug in their like for example iPhone headset so that at least they have a somewhat consistent audio because I would imagine that could be an issue
2: Sure. No, those are uh, great questions. So from, from a standpoint of, you know, I have the oleo clip, which is what I have on there. And the oleo clip comes, the two lenses I have is one is the fisheye and one is the zoom.
0: And it's O-L-E-O?
2: uh, it's O L L I O clip, Oleo clip. Um, and um, what Oleo clip um, allows me to do is the the one lens, I clip it onto the back of my iPhone. And because that zoom, it actually allows me, it actually magnifies my zoom. So I was at social media marketing world and I was a little bit far from the stage. I was actually able to clip that on and provide the viewer a, a more zoomed in look than the, the traditional iPhone. And then the fisheye one is for the front camera. So that if you're trying to show a lot of people in the screen, uh, traditionally, it just shows you like who's directly in. In front of the phone, and this kind of gives you the fisheye one, and it's as simple as clipping on the top of your phone. And I'll, I'll clip it on for different things, and then I'll clip it off even in the middle of a live stream. So, Olio Clip is the one that I like there. Um, my tripod that I have now that I absolutely love is called Jobby, J-O-B-Y, and what I like about it is it's a, it's a desktop tripod, but it has a magnet, has magnetic feet. So you can actually clip it to anything that's magnetic, including your MacBook or even your. Um, I have it clipped to my uh, podcasting microphone stand, hmm. so that actually when I'm when I'm doing one, when I'm doing behind the scenes on my podcast, people actually see me talking through the microphone because I have the the uh, the Joby Grip Tight um, uh, tripod sitting there uh, attached to that. So it's a really nice uh, piece as well. And the last question you asked about audio, I think audio is important. But when you're sitting at your desk, you're sitting somewhere quiet. I think the speakerphone. Um, aspect is really nice because you can also hear um, someone on the computer. I do a Google Hangout where um, someone's able to listen to someone on the other end of the Google Hangout as well as hear me. What if you're you're in like a noisy
0: space? You know what I mean? Yeah,
2: if you're outside walking, especially walking or you have any wind, I 100% recommend using your iPhone uh, headphones because that that allows that microphone to be really close to you. As well as remember, you only can put the phone as far away as you can read the comments because the comments are still important. So even when you're using a selfie stick, I actually recommend not using the selfie stick further extended than what the headphones go, because you do want to engage and read the comments that are on the screen.
0: Yep. That's very good. All right. um, Last question. What should we avoid? I know that there is a lot of um, privacy and copyright issues that are are going all around um, the web. And um, what is considered acceptable use and not acceptable use when it comes to this?
2: Well, you know, I think part of the thing is, you know, we can't fix stupid, no matter how hard we try. Um, but, you know, there's also an element where you, you, when you're thinking about this technology, and you're doing this on a phone, in real time, on a camera, and a majority of people that are using this, including myself, I didn't go to school for video, I went to school for computer science. So we're not professionals, people aren't going to tune in to, to your stream over a professional stream. But what they are going to tune into is your unique view. So things to avoid is streaming things that are copyrighted or things that people are already paying for a live stream. I think it doesn't ever hurt to ask whoever's running the event or running the show, hey, would it be okay if I did this from this angle? For me, the real replacement isn't me replacing what someone is already doing, but it's adding another aspect. So, you know, I think there's going to be events like Broadway shows that are going to have to find ways to treat their Wi-Fi much like an airplane where they actually block people that are attached to Wi-Fi from streaming so that people aren't streaming things like a Broadway show because I think that's, you know, a little bit of a, a touchy area. But, you know, for things like a live sporting event, like an NHL event, nobody's going to watch an entire hockey game view, via someone's phone in the crowd if, they, if that same person was actually going to sign up and pay for the NHL package. That's not the same experience. So I, I would say when you're thinking about what you what you should and what you shouldn't, you know, I talk about a lot when I'm talking about personal branding, I don't tweet what I'm not okay with my mom being, seeing because I'm a mama's boy and if my mom will not approve of it, I don't want it on the internet. And I think that kind of goes for this video as well, as I think you want to be aware. I mean, one of the things that I do whenever I was at an event, I was at an event just uh, this past week and I was doing it with influencers and I almost announced... um, on a regular basis. Hey guys, we're doing this via live stream. Anybody want to be interviewed? And I made it a point for everybody around me to know that I was live streaming. And the reason I did so was truly for me, not only is it uh, is it good for them so they don't stick their foot in their mouth or they say something they would really regret to see out there, but you want people to know that so that they are, are aware of that. So they, most of the time they want to participate. But I think it's on you, the streamer, to make it not only make it aware, but kind of think with the idea that says, hey, am I stealing someone's other property? What value am I providing? And I, you know, Kerry Gargone has written some really good articles on um, the legal aspect of it because if you aren't monetizing it and it is live, there's some gray area. But I think I, I think the good people, the people that are, are seeing this as a way to tell a story in a unique way and maybe even complement an existing live stream, are going to do great things with it. I think the eventually the the shock video and those that are um, you know are doing the fights that are going on or a pay-per-view event or, or trying to stream a movie in the movie theater, um, those people are going to get shut down just like they did on YouTube when people used to you know, uh, put videos up there that were from artists or had uh, copyrighted music. But I think that's a, that's a safe bet as long as you're trying to add a unique uh, reference. And I, it doesn't hurt to ask um, the event host or whoever's you know, paying for the event um, if they're okay with you doing it.
0: Well, Brian, I know we could probably talk for another hour and there's a million questions that are inside my brain, but I want people to be able to find you on Meerkat and Periscope and I want them to be able to find you on whatever other channels you want to share with them. So why don't you tell them where they can find you?
2: So for me, so um, my Twitter handle, i really my personal brand is isocialfans. It's so the letter I, the word social, and then fans F A N Z, and that is a play on my last name, Fanzo. My name's Brian Fanzo, and so I social fans is really my personal brand. It's a little bit of a play on uh, my love for social media. The fact that I'm an Apple fanboy, so that's the lowercase I, and so it's I social fans on Twitter, I social fans on Meerkat, I social fans on Periscope, as well as I social Fans.com. And, and really that's kind of where um, you know it kind of fits perfect for me. So if you can contact me and engage me on any of those platforms. Uh, you know, I love to interact. I, I really enjoy. I'm uh, Brian Fanzo in the uh, Social Media Examiner Society as well. I love answering questions and helping people not only embrace these two technologies, but if there's other apps or um, things that you're looking to embrace from a, a trending technology, I'm, I'm happy, to, happy to help in that way. So it's iSocial fans uh, everywhere and anywhere.
0: Brian Fonzo, thank you so much for sharing all your awesome insight with us today. I I know on behalf of a lot of people that are not familiar with this technology, their minds were blown. So thank you so much.
2: My pleasure. Have a great one.
0: Well, I hope you got a lot out of today's interview. If there was anything that we mentioned and you just didn't catch it because you're out and about, well, don't worry about it. We take all the notes for you. Simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash 149. Stands for episode 149. Wow. Also, never miss a future episode of the show. Simply hit that subscribe button on your podcast player and you will get those future episodes downloaded into your podcast player. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you in the driver's seat next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day and may social media continue to change